We're your hosts, Shelley Cloutier and Jennifer Cook DeRosa, and you're listening to College on the Cheap. Welcome, everyone. Today is a game changer episode. So whether you're new to College on the Cheap or a loyal listener, we want you to know that today's episode is literally forever going to change the way that you look at colleges. Today's episode, we're going to introduce you to a concept called degree planning. I'm going to talk about the art and science of degree planning. Now, degree planning is a surefire 100% way that you can take a lot of zeros off the cost of that degree. And the best part about it is that everyone can do it. It's not like a special award or scholarship or talent or something like that. So today is already my favorite episode because when we talk about degree planning, this isn't this isn't obviously something that you're going to be able to master in one day, but it is something that you can learn. It's learnable. And after today's episode, When you kind of have a little bit of the basics, you can start applying these principles to any college, every college, any degree, any major, and you're going to be able to do degree planning to some extent, no matter where your student goes to college. So that's a huge, very important skill to have. Now, normally when people look at the price tag of a degree, they think that that's what they're going to have to pay. But when you degree plan, or when you understand how to degree plan, that's not the case. So for instance, you can calculate a degree at college A and it costs $40,000, but then you can look at the cost for college B and it costs $80,000. So you're thinking, this is a slam dunk. College A is so much cheaper, but you could actually go into debt for that $40,000 at college A when college B, we could get that degree cost down into maybe $8,000, $10,000 or something like that, and you can cash flow it. So degree planning really has everything to do with how much you end up paying for your degree. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you're going, you can pay it for less. So if I was going to look at a degree and I was going to plan it for my son, how would I do that? What would I do? How would I shave the costs off of this degree. So that's the question. That's the question we're going to look at today. Shelly and I are going to go through this with you. We're going to show you what we do when we look at a college, and we're going to show you how to strip away all those zeros, make it fit into your budget. Yeah, when you're looking at this, you need to remember this is a different way of thinking about it. It is you having more control and being more intentional about how the degree is going to play out. And if you do that, like you said, you can really bring down that cost. So we tried to create this this systematic way of looking at it. So you could take you could take this, and then you can go to any college with it, and you can be just really intentional about planning that degree. And so the first thing that we always talk about is that rack rate. Now, what does the rack rate mean? Rack rate is just when you uh, go to a, when you're looking at a college and you're looking at the tuition and the room and board and what you would pay to be there for four years and entering right after um, high school. You haven't get, uh, gathered any dual enrollment. This is just 120 credits that you're going to get right at that college living there for four years. That's the rack rate. That's not with anything 
um, transferring in any credits or uh, doing any type of dual enrollment I, or any scholarships either. So, so that, that's what most people pay, right? They right. pay the rack rate. Right, right. Because you have to you have to know that those other options are out there to bring that rate down. And a lot of people just don't know. Oh, so the college, I mean, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to say, hey. No, they're a business. <laughs> they're not going to bring Let me show down. you how to save some money. <laughs> right. No, that's not their job. So just remember that rack rate is to, you're going to go in there, you're going to look at tuition, room and board cost, and um, that is generally about four years. But of course, do most people finish in four years? Nope. No. Nope. They don't. Six years is the average right now to get a four-year degree. And so, of course, we want you to do it in less than four years. But even if that's not possible, I mean, four years right now, that's considered above average. Right. And so you get that number first. So that's what you see what you're working with and what you're trying to um, chip away at. So then what we want, we need to calculate is w uh, what we've called resourcefully, a, a re resourcefully planned degree. And so that is one where you are, that's what we're going to teach you today is how to look at all the elements to bring that cost down as much as you can. So, so resourcefully planning really is just kind of saying, okay, that's what the college is throwing out there. But what can we do with it, right? How can we, how can we tweak what that is, what that looks like? Are there ways to save money? I mean, you could go crazy. I, I've had conversations with other people who, you know, like us, we think about the college in this terms of resourceful planning, um, you know, where we're debating over how to get that degree cost down another $12. <laughs> you know, but I mean, we, you don't have to be that extreme, right? Like, just some of what we're talking about today can be applied anywhere. Like you might not be able to get that $100,000 degree down to $10,000, but you might be able to get that $100,000 degree down to 80. And who's going to be mad about that? You just saved $20,000, right? So let's, yeah, let's talk to them more about resourceful planning. Yeah. And you, when you bring that, that number down by the ways that we're going to talk about, that's, that's like you creating your own scholarship. So as you just said, that's 20,000, you just created your own $20,000 scholarship. Yeah, no essays either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're taking a student who's still in high school and they're starting to think about college and they're looking at a college and so that, that's where we're starting from. And so uh, what the, what those credits, those usually a degree is 120 credits. So you can either take those credits at the college for their full price or you can take some of it in dual enrollment and transfer them in or you can take it uh, through, um, you can take some exams like CLEP exam that if your college accepts that type of, accepts, accepts CLEP, then that will equal um, some college credits done that way. So let's think about alternative credits. What are they? That's CLEP exams, DSST, your uh, study.com and straighter line and when I say study.com and straighter line those are going to be courses that you take that's going to give you what's called ace credit and again you have to find out if your college will take ace credit some do some don't so when we talk about the alternative credits you have to find out I mean you can take them but you have to find out if that college is going to accept them so you're going to give them a call or you're going to go online. You're going to try to type in um, transfer policy or uh, your college with the CLEP exam or and, and see what pops up first. See if it's easy that way and you could just find it yourself. So um, 
if you can't find anything, that's when you would call them and you would, whoever you get on the phone, you would try to get, uh, uh, find out from them what type of, if they take ACE credit or if they take CLEP uh, um, exams. And so let's first talk about, let's talk about dual enrollment first. So dual enrollment, and it, it varies from state to state, but your state might have free dual enrollment. That's a great way to get some of those credits done if you have free dual enrollment. You can take a dual, dual enrollment from generally any college because you can self-pay, self and you can take dual enrollment from the college you're going to go to. And the benefit of taking the dual enrollment from the college you are going to go to is you're going to chip away at those residency credits. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's say... And, okay. and you know, Shelly, one of the things, too, I want people to know that the dual enrollment, you can only do that if if you haven't graduated high school yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when she's talking about the dual enrollment, we want to make sure that you guys who are in high school, that you realize that the dual enrollment credit, these free credits or very reduced tuition credits, this opportunity closes when you graduate high school. So if you really want to make the most out of the dual enrollment, you have to look for ways to bring dual enrollment into your high school. Now your high school might already have a plan. They might have a program in place. And if so, you you know, you know do that. Um, if you are not in a public or private high school, if you're homeschooled, your parent can make sure that you get that pulled in there. And moms, if you uh, are bringing dual enrollment into your homeschool plan, you can do that from any resource. You don't have to use a local program. I mean, I think next month we're gonna actually talk about the ways to really find success with dual enrollment. You'll want to catch next month's episode. But dual enrollment is a great resource if you start immediately. Like you've got to start that in high school. Right. And so you, you and you have control over that. You don't have to uh, go through some school to do your dual enrollment. You're some high school. You can call them yourselves, go, call the college yourself and ask them what their dual enrollment policy is. So when you're calling them, you're going to you're going to need to find out if there's some exams that your students going to need to take to take that dual enrollment that they have to um, take some sort of placement exam. Um, how what what age some only allow juniors and seniors, some allow freshmen to take it, what that cost is. And sometimes the colleges have just a limited list of dual enrollment classes you can take, and sometimes they just open up the catalog. Um, and normally 300 and 400 level classes aren't allowed in dual enrollment, but that's not a hard and fast rule. So, I mean, it has been, I have seen my son did take a 300 level at one university. So don't rule that out. It, it's harder to find, but don't rule that out. So you, uh, so you, you're going to call and you're going to ask those questions. Now, if you, um, uh, you just have to decide if your student is ready for dual enrollment because what you have to remember is that is on their permanent record if, they, if they're not ready for college-level classes. Right, Jill, uh, Jennifer? Yeah, and, you know, always start with one. I mean, just start with one. And they, if they can do this in around 10th or 11th grade, they can take one class, pick something that they really enjoy. It doesn't have to be something that is going to be part of their major, but pick something that they enjoy. If they enjoy poetry, maybe there's a poetry class. If they enjoy... Uh, literature, um, you know, maybe it's a literature class, but if it's math, if they're good at math, you know, pick something that's going to be success and take one class, get your feet wet. You don't have to, you know, do everything all at once. As soon as they get that one class under their belt, though, and they kind of have their groove, you can really start 
doing a lot with dual enrollment. I know lots and lots of families who by the time their teens are in 12th grade, 100% of their high school schedule is made up of dual enrollment classes. And so for families who have access to free dual enrollment, we're talking about completing one or two years of college in high school. And that can literally be done for no tuition in some places. Public school students have access to free dual enrollment in all 50 states, but the amount that you bring in is gonna vary. Homeschoolers can do it in all 50 states too, but you're gonna be on a self-pay if your state doesn't have a program for you. So there's there's definitely you know nuances to dual enrollment, which is I think why we're gonna do a whole episode on it. But just know um, before we move past this that dual enrollment is a perfect way for your student to bring in those credits and I don't know if, if we emphasize this enough, Shelly, but you were mentioning um, about the residency requirements can be met through dual enrollment. Would you just say that one more time and, and kind of explain what that is? Yeah, so one of the first questions you're going to ask your target college is how many credits they allow to be transferred in. And so it, once you know that number, then you then you start deciding, okay, where am I going to get these credits? And when you start thinking about dual enrollment, a, a target college is going to say, you can transfer in 90, but 30 of your credits need to be from our college. That's the residency requirement to get a degree from us. So if you if you're if the the cheapest way to get that degree is going to be online through that college, then um, when you're in high school, you say, well, I they they have dual enrollment. So if you take some of their courses in high school for dual enrollment, those courses count towards that resi residency. So you're paying. Like, for example, Liberty, you pay $549 for a three-credit course in dual enrollment. If they, you take that same course after you've graduated high school at the Target College, it's, you know, about $400 a credit. So that's... Or, yeah, almost $1,500 to take literally the same class with the same teacher, appear on the same way on your transcript, get the same grade, the same... It is literally the same... It's just a matter of, did you take it last month when you were in high school? Or are you taking it next month when you're a graduate? And right there, that's the, that is 30% of what someone else is paying if they take it a couple months later. And it's the same thing, same thing. And that even though that seems high, $549 for the course as, com as compared to um, free in your, in your state, it's, you have to have that residency credit. So that's a cheaper way to get that residency credit. So that's dual enrollment. So if we move on to an, uh, uh, other ways to bring other alternative credit that you can bring in, let's talk a little bit about CLEP. And again, you're going to have to call that target college and find out if they have a, uh, a max amount of CLEP and DSST to, that they were allowed to be transferred in. Now, CLEP, just as a quick summary, is when you, you're going to study yourself this, this subject. This is not a course that you're taking. You have either taken a class at your high school um, or you in your home school, you've done a class yourself. We always recommend a college-level textbook, right, Jennifer, for that? Yeah, I mean, if you can find one at the thrift store, that's how I used, gosh, I don't know, six or seven free textbooks just to accumulate a lot of credit myself. I mean, I've picked up books for 38 cents or even discarded textbooks that were, you know, given to me or, or whatnot. And you just study on your own. You know, you just you can pick up that general psychology book and you can read through that. You can take a club exam when you're ready and boom, three college credits. 
So, I mean, it's really a perfect independent study opportunity. And, you know, it depends on if we're talking about adults or if we're talking about teenagers. If we're talking about teenagers, students, one thing you can do is you can you can match up CLEP exams to your high school classes that are already in progress or ones that you've already done. So if you took biology last year, you know, this is a way for you to go back and pick up college credit for it, even though the class is over and you've moved on. Now, we don't really care what your high school thinks about that. You can do CLEP exams without their permission. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be enrolled anywhere to do a CLEP exam. And if you're an adult, it's probably been a good bit of time since you've studied biology, right? So you're just going to pick up a biology textbook or maybe you're going to watch some videos and you're going to kind of self-study your way through that subject. And you are not accountable to anyone in terms of the time you do it. So you can, you know, if you're kind of um, a hobbyist about <laughs> subjects, a certain subject, you know, maybe you, you study it a lot or you're a history buff or whatever. I mean, you might be able to study and prepare for club exam in a couple days. Um, I certainly know not, lots of adults who've done that. But if you're rusty or if it's something you've not learned before, it might take you a few weeks, maybe even a month to learn that subject well enough to pass a CLEP exam. But CLEP exams right now you can take for $0 when you get a voucher from Modern States. We talk about that in the CLEP episode. But you can bring in as much credit, like Shelly said, as much credit as they allow. So some colleges might allow nothing for CLEP credit. Okay, So obviously that's not going to be a very resourceful technique if your college doesn't accept CLEP. You don't want to spend a lot of time accumulating CLEP credit. But most colleges will accept CLEP in some amount. I think the last number we came up with was like 76% of colleges and universities in the United States will award college credit for CLEP in some amount. So a normal college might allow you to bring in, let's say, 15 to 30 college credits through CLEP. So this could be up to one year of college for no cost. So I hope you see kind of how we're, we're taking this stone and we're chipping it away, right? So we've got dual enrollment that we're bringing in. Now we're looking at credit by exam or CLEP exams, and we're bringing those in. It, we haven't spent very much money yet, and we certainly have been paying cash, right? Like we're not, we're not talking about loans any, anytime soon. So this is all college credit that you're going to be able to apply to that degree uh, in a little bit. So remember that uh, you're you're going to go to that target college and they should if they accept CLEP they should have a sheet that will tell you the equivalencies that the US history CLEP exam will be equivalent to their history 101 and so you're just going to know exactly where that's going to fall into and and a couple of the CLEPs are worth 6 credits and if it falls into a spot that where you only needed 3 then those other 3 credits drop down probably into electives so they're not it's not pointless to, um, to do the six, it's it's great. You're um, actually getting six in just one shot. I think it it was. I think the biology one for some gives six, six. Yeah, credits. biology and the sciences are still listed as six. So chemistry and natural science are both listed as six credit exams. You know where you can get a lot of credit is through the world languages. Mm, so if you can yeah. do Spanish, German, or French, those exams are worth six to nine credits um, or more, depending on on where you go. And so those give you a lot of bang for your buck. So you, it's going to tell you what your score needs to be to pass for them to accept that. But then on the transcript, uh, your actual college transcript, it says pass fail, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, um, if you didn't pass it, you don't have to like, unlike dual enrollment, if you don't pass that's, that's recorded and, and that's calculated in, but 
for CLEP, you are um, you can just not worry about it and then take it. I, I think it's three months, three months later, take another one. Yeah, I, I mean, you can definitely keep retesting. Like if, if you don't want to enroll yet, like you haven't got your, your everything squared away where you're ready to enroll in college yet. I mean, you can just kind of like on the down low by yourself, just stockpile this CLEP credit and you're under no, you know, under no parameters as far as the time goes. If you pass a CLEP, great. It's going to sit there for 20 years. But guess what? If you don't pass it, that's okay. Use your time to brush up on the parts that you need, you know, extra study on. And you can also study and take other tests during that three months while you wait for your eligibility to return. You can spend a year just racking up CLEP credit, for instance, so that at the end of that year, you're ready to dump that CLEP over into the college and you can easily accumulate one year of college credit in one year. I did a full associate's degree in six months and I had little kids at the time. Like I didn't even feel like I was going that fast. Like I feel like if I had a little more free time, I could have went faster. So you you can use you know these kinds of exams uh, in a way that's so different from just taking a regular college class. You get a lot of flexibility here. Yeah, okay, so we've done dual enrollment and CLEP DSST. And the third way that you can bring alternative credits in is through these uh, ACE credits. And ACE credits are, you get those through, say, study.com or Straighter Line or Sophia Learning. And so these are going to be actual courses that you're going to take online. And if you pass, it's ACE credit, and then your target college needs to accept the ACE credit. And again, they will have, your target college should have an equivalency list. If they say they have a partnership with study.com, they will have an equivalency list that here's the study.com class, and this is what a, how it'll fall in and what class it works for here at our university. And of course, those credits are a fraction of the cost of a regular college class. So they're very, very desirable in terms of saving money because if you took a class remember our episode we did on three dollar college credit mm -hmm. right so if you if you took a class through um let's say sophia or you mentioned study.com or straighter line or even sailor academy you know any of those providers they're not colleges so again you're not locked into a college but they have those partnerships and so if you take a class you can get your college credit costs down into the three to five dollars per credit range by using those kinds of providers. Now, again, like Shelly mentioned, you really have to do your homework here in advance because you don't want to spend a lot of time accumulating credit that's not going to work. If you are a high school student and you don't have that college picked out, it's a little more risky. But those of you guys who are adults, I mean, you can just look this up. Like there is going to be partnerships on those websites those partnerships are going to give you that table that she's talking about that tells you exactly what that class is going to transfer in as and how how it's going to work. So like if I know that my degree requires me to take introduction to psychology, I can look and I can see that the certain ACE provider offers that class. I can take that class on my own at home and it might only cost me, you know, uh, a little bit of money to do that. And then when the time comes, I'm going to send that into the college. And again, these are all just going to be checking off these boxes of the requirements for that degree. So I'm just kind of outsourcing these credits on my own. But, you know, the key here is we want to do this resourcefully, which means we don't want to waste any steps. 
So we really want to be proactive in terms of knowing what that college policy is regarding what they accept and um, where those credits could be used. And this is pass-fail also on your transcript at the, your target college. It will show up as pass-fail. Yeah. And so, um, like, for example, uh, my son took some uh, classes at study.com, and so he, we, and, and you have to be good at managing your time to maximize the dollars that you're going to save because they're going to have a monthly membership. It's fifty nine ninety nine to get into those classes and start and get access to all of the courses, but you have to switch over to the $235 college accelerator to actually take the exam and get the credit. So we spend the first month at the fifty nine ninety nine. we spend the second month at the, at the 235 and then so putting that together about $300 they do two classes so for about $300 they're getting two classes done that's, yes and that's six credits yep so you came up with an acronym yes. right you came you came up with an acronym to kind of help with these strategies yes yeah, so I was just thinking of a way to, to try to remember what you're going to ask whenever you're going to call these colleges and I came up with the acronym dent because you're trying to make a dent in your college costs it's so creative. <laughs> so uh, the D for dent, you, you want to think dual enrollment. You're got, you need to ask those questions about dual enrollment. How much do they take? How much their dual enrollment is? Or um, what are the limitations about their dual enrollment if you're taking it from the uh, target college? Um, and just how much they'll allow in. Now, if, you're, if you've gotten your dual enrollment from a, a regionally accredited college, it has a high like like. Um, high um, ability to transfer, right, Jennifer? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be that th there's always going to be an element of risk. So if the colleges have some kind of a policy in place, that's going to guarantee 100% that that's wonderful. But if, if they don't have these in place, or if you don't have that school picked out yet, you're always kind of, you know, trying to do best practices. And, and what are those best practices to get that credit to transfer? And one of those things is to choose a college for dual enrollment that is regionally accredited. Now, if you are using your local community college, these are public two-year colleges, these are going to be regionally accredited. That's going to check that box. You're good to go. It's when you start talking about four-year private schools that you really have to double-check, make sure that they have the accreditation because what happens is the, the credits are not as transferable in some situations if they're not regionally accredited. Now, th th they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. You can certainly attend colleges that are very legitimate and very high quality but are not regionally accredited that's a whole different thing um, but for just this specific instance of dual enrollment where we're talking about a high school student we want them to use dual enrollment that is regionally accredited so that they have the best chance of getting that to transfer right so the e in dent that's going to be for it uh, evaluate courses before you take them. So, you know, you're a high school student and you're not, you haven't been accepted by your target college, you're not locked into a catalog, so there's always a risk that something will change by the time you get there and the class they were going to accept, they're not going to accept, but you, there's nothing you can do about that, so you just do the best that you can to try to evaluate these courses beforehand. So in evaluating, you look at those partnerships that they already have, if they have a study.com partnership and, and you make sure that the courses that you need to take for your degree um, are on that so that um, they'll transfer nicely or you uh, say there's a course you want to take at your local college or some other college and 
on their list, you don't see it anywhere, but that doesn't mean that they won't take it. So you find out from the college if they have a way to evaluate a course. If you were to get the name of the college, the course name, and the description of the course and put give it to them, and that they could tell you beforehand, oh, yeah, we'll probably take that for this, for this course, and it would be in that place. I've My son has... Uh, Liberty University has a future course request form that we would fill out. We filled it out a lot when we were picking courses from other colleges. So, um, again, this takes time, but it's it's really worth it, man, to bring down that cost. It, it does take a little bit of time, and I'm not going to say that's the easiest step because it may take, you know, a different approach at one university that you're considering, and then another university might have an entirely different process. So this is where you, you know, you have to give yourself a little bit of time and a little bit of grace to get into the language and to learn how to ask the right questions and to learn how to ask from the right people at the school um, and to really be persistent because finding out what these policies are is kind of like a puzzle. It's kind of like a game and it's not always immediately obvious, but I guarantee you that every college in this country has a policy and they will be able to tell you how many credits um, they're allowed to transfer, which I, I think is your next your next letter in our dent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next letter. Uh, uh, but real quick, make sure you talk to the registrar's office. They're the ones <coughs> that are going to have that are going to assess those courses, and not just somebody who answers the phone. So that's the the best bet's the registrar. So N in our dent, that's the number of credits allowed to transfer. And, and again, we talked about that, that, you know, how many study.com cl uh, classes will they allow? How many CLEP? How many, how many um, courses total will they allow to come in? So you've really got to get those numbers down. Because when you're assessing your degree, your, the degree you're going to get at the target college, they not only have a residency requirement, but they might also say you have to take a certain number of upper-level credits from us or a certain amount of credits from your major from us and you've got to keep all those numbers correct and as you're picking I mean my sons have credits coming in from eight I would say I don't know eight to ten different sources into their their target college so you got to keep all that straight and make sure that you've check marked all the boxes do you have enough residency do you have enough upper level um that they require in the registry a residency and do they have enough of their major classes done at the target colleges but this is like this is so key right here because everything here is within your power to know okay mm -hmm. so this is very much with you know just with allocating the time and a little bit of attention to making this happen this is where you save all your money okay this is why we can say to you, oh, you know, this certain degree here costs $100,000. We can show you how to get it for $10,000. Well, how does that happen? Like, what's the what's going on? Well, this is what's going on. Because if a certain college is allowing X number of credits in transfer, then we are maxing that out 100% of the time. So if you have a college that accepts 30 CLEP credits, and we know CLEP is free, right? You're going to max that out. You need to be bringing in 30 free CLEP credits. Right. That right there is very important to bringing that cost down. That's going to be more effective and more efficient than applying for scholarships because that's a guarantee, right? Because that college is going to have that policy. 
Most colleges, at a minimum, allow you to bring in 50% of a degree. That's a minimum. And the reason that we know that that's true is because many of the state public colleges and universities have partnerships with the two-year colleges and universities. So they allow you to bring in, let's say, 60 of the 120 credits, maybe from the community college first, and then transferring to a university. Now, that's been around for a long time. People are kind of familiar with that. There's a, a lot going on there if you're transferring from a two-year college to a four-year college. And we're not going to talk about that today so much. Um, but the, the thing to remember is that colleges will often allow more than 60 a lot of colleges allow 90, which guys, this is 75% of your bachelor's degree can come from credit you've resourcefully planned from somewhere else or you've outsourced. So if you think about this, when everybody's lining up for graduation and everybody's getting their same degree, the same piece of paper is going to the guy who paid full price for all 120 credits as it is to the person who brought in 75% of their degree using free and low cost credits. It's the same piece of paper. As long as you have followed the, the residency requirements and like Shelly's talking about, you know, you've planned well, then you can do this. You can bring those, those credits in. It's just a matter of thinking about it differently and taking the time to plan this out step-by-step step so that you get as close to hitting that goal as possible before you enroll over at the college. Right. And so our last one in Dent is the T, and that's the type of credits that they will allow to transfer. And again, you just need to be thorough in looking to see what they allow in, how many, um, let's see, you know, we already talked about the study.com, the ACE credits, the uh, the uh, CLEP credits, the dual enrollment. Uh, what else, Jennifer, are we talking about with type of credits? Well, some of the colleges have other things that are a little bit more nuanced. For instance, some colleges will give you an opportunity to take a challenge exam from that institution. So uh, an example where this might make sense would be, uh, let's say that you have, have studied a language for years and years. They may not have a CLEP program, but they may allow you to test into a higher level class or test out of a lower level class using um, skills that you already bring in, e even if there's not a CLEP exam for that. Let's, you know, let's just say it was a language that wasn't, you know, available via CLEP. You could still probably get college credit for that. There's other opportunities um, to do portfolios and things like that. Those aren't quite as popular as they were a little bit ago. Um, the, the, opportunities to kind of like learn by experience and things like that those are a lot of times they're marketing but um marketing ploys to get adult learners in the door but but there are some you know interesting and kind of proprietary programs that a college may offer to award college credit i'll tell you about a special one that i took advantage of when i was um going for my bachelor's i had an opportunity to get some college credit for classes that i was teaching at the community college which is kind of a weird thing, but these are classes that this particular college had a policy that if you are teaching a college level course at a regionally accredited college and you yourself do not have college credit in that course, you can apply to have that added to your transcript. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So I added it up and I found 27 credits of college level courses that I was teaching. 
and I didn't have any of those 27 credits on my college transcript. So I actually um, applied. That cost me no money. They gave me 27 college credits, and I got credit in all of those courses that I taught. So that, that's just an example of like kind of a little special program. Um, my youngest son was able to test out of 11 credits by going in and taking a welding test and demonstrating his ability to do welding. So you may find these special credits beyond, you know, beyond the ones that we're talking about today. And, and so always look because it's worth knowing what your options are. Now, sometimes those are expensive. So you may be not saving money, but you might be saving time and time is valuable too. So just always, you know, always take the time to look and see if the college has their own programs and inside those programs, if there's anything that you can take advantage of, because really one of the things that will help keep your costs as low as possible is to have those credits done. Do not spend any time, um, any long, any time longer at the college than you need to because every time that you're or I'm sorry every minute that you're enrolled you're not a graduate which means you're not working in your career you're not up to that earning potential so if you're in nursing school let's say right every extra semester that you have to be in nursing school you're not working as a nurse so we want you to focus on getting out as fast as possible and as low cost as possible so as we wind down today's episode I really want to tell you about something exciting. We have a new college on the cheap channel over at Patreon. So for our new channel starting right now, so we're in June of 2023, we're going to develop these full packages around each of these episodes that we do for you each month. So for instance, following today's episode, you can go over there, go to patreon.com. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash college on the cheap. You'll see the mini book that goes along with today's episode. Now, that today's mini book is going to be um, helping you implement the dent strategy that Shelly was talking about today. And each episode of our podcast, we're actually going to do an individual ebook that is going to help you execute one of those favorite strategies from the episode. So, that's something that we're going to be giving over there that's a little bit extra. And again, we're going to do that with every single episode. So, Besides the podcast episode, which you can get anywhere you listen to podcasts, that's that's free everywhere. But over on our Patreon channel, you can also get the ebook that goes with it. And we're going to do these full degree planning videos and we're going to do printable worksheets. So talking about like what we did today, we're going to make videos and show you walking through how to do this degree planning for specific colleges and universities. And we're going to call these case studies. We're going to do at least at least one a month. We've got several of them planned for the summer. Um, but since we're starting, we're very excited about it. We actually have two that we're going to do for June. So the first case study is one that Shelly just finished. And she did it for the Bachelor of Science degree in equine studies. And that was at Post University. So Post University, just to give you like kind of an example of how this works, this college charges rack rate tuition of over $100,000 for that degree. So if you just go into post-university and you want the degree in equine studies, it's going to be more than $100,000. So Shelly goes through and she shows you exactly how and where you can get that degree for $10,000. Now, you don't necessarily want an equine studies degree from post-university, but when you watch us go through these, you're going to start to see patterns and you're going to start to see the techniques and the methods of how you can apply this to your own situation and how you can take these same skills and apply them to your 
University. Um, the bonus one that we're going to do for June is going to be from Liberty University. Now, that one, the rack rate tuition for a degree in business administration is actually about $150,000. So super expensive. Um, and I'll just tease you and tell you that Shelly got that one down to $11,000. So <laughs> case studies are going to, yeah. <laughs> save you so much time, these case studies. Oh my gosh, you guys, seriously. So yeah, so the case studies, I mean, that particular one, I guess, could we could we say it has a value of $140,000? I mean, right. it, it, it does, right? Right. So these are huge. This is an exciting opportunity for you guys to watch us literally demonstrate how to do it. And these are going to be real plans that you can literally use yourself if you want. Like if you if you wanted that business degree from Liberty University, you can do that. It's it's going to be spelled out there. But again, we're teaching you a process. You know, we're teaching you how to do it. In July, um, I'm going to do some historically black colleges and universities in North Carolina. I'm going to show you how to get a bachelor's degree for $2,000 in North Carolina. So that's super special. And um, so we, we've just got a lot of these exciting case studies. We're going to do them every month. That's going to be um, available over at the Patreon channel. And we're, you know, we're cheapskates. We are. And so we have um, our channel set to be as cheap as Patreon will allow us to set it, you know, but the information isn't cheap. The information is valuable. Mm -hmm. So through our new channel, we know that we're going to be able to save you guys tens of thousands of dollars, at least, I hope. Uh, so visit us over at patreon.com slash college on the cheap. So until next time, I'm Jennifer Cook DeRosa. And I'm Shelly Cloutier. And you've been listening to College on the Cheap. <laughs>